I'm going to start off with the title this morning, and I, I had to be careful with this title. And I gave forewarning uh, to Angie and Karen <laughs> before I sent it out publicly. I said, hey, this is no way made towards you guys. You do a wonderful job keeping the church clean, and they do. Uh, it's always clean. And Angie said, I was wondering when I saw that, you sent it. Was, so it's nothing to do with, with the cleanliness of the church house. So turn to John chapter 2 this morning. John chapter 2, and we'll be in verses 13 through 25. Do you ever clean this place? And I promise it'll make sense by the end. Do you ever clean this place? I probably could have stretched this over a couple of weeks, so we'll see what happens today. I guess I should clarify, wives, this is not direct towards you, or husbands, whoever cleans the house, it's not directed towards you either. This is all from the Bible. John chapter 2, verses 13 through 25. Here we go. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when he, they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men, and he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Let's pray. Father, again, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity and the freedom to worship, the freedom to celebrate who you are, God. And Lord, I just ask right now that, that your presence just fills this place. And God, as I speak, let it not be my words, Father, but let it be words that you've poured into my heart. Let ears hear, Father. Let hearts listen to what you have to say, God. And I just praise you and I thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Gospel of John centers around what, what Jesus did in and around Jerusalem. And the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, tend to center around what Jesus did in and around Galilee. And John, he makes his focus, and it's, it's not the only thing he's looking at here, but he makes his focus on what Jesus did in and around Jerusalem. So we're here in John chapter 2, and we find Jesus in Jerusalem during Passover season. And, and again, look at these first couple verses. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. 
Now, the last place that we saw Jesus in this gospel of John was in the beginning of chapter 2, and he was in Galilee at Cana of Galilee. And he performed this absolutely amazing miracle of changing water into wine. And this brought joy and goodness to a wedding celebration. So this was his first thing that he had done. And then he takes his family and the disciples, and they settle down in Capernaum for a little while. And now here in verse 13 of chapter 2, we find him at the Passover season. Now, anytime during the Passover season, Jerusalem would be crowded. Um, some estimations say hundreds of thousands of people would be piled into Jerusalem for the Passover. And it was a very serious thing to the ancient Jews. In particular, the Temple Mount would be crowded. People would be coming uh, not only to spend Passover in Jerusalem, but they also had business to do at the Temple Mount. They had sacrifice to bring. They had to bring their sacrifice. Animals had to be specially approved by the priest. And they had a temple tax that they had to pay. And they only accepted a certain kind of coin as well, so they had to exchange money. All this was going on during Passover in the temple courts. And because of all these things, the temple courts were huge and they were vast compared to the size of the temple. In the outer areas of the temple courts, known as the court of the Gentiles, they had pretty much set up a flea market for everyone at the temple of the Lord. A flea market. And this flea market, this thrift shop area, was set up with animals that could be purchased for sacrifice. It was set up with money changers calling out rates and doing their business. And when Jesus walked up there on the temple mount, he was able to get a good look at all of this and see what was going on. And, you know, he had been there before. He had seen all this before. But now he was officially beginning his ministry. Now he was no longer just the carpenter from Nazareth. He was the Messiah, the son of the living God, as he looks out and sees this. And he sees all this, and there's something that begins to stir inside Jesus. It's the same thing that should probably stir up in us when we come into church and go through the motions. And something's stirring inside of him. He sees that what everyone else sees, and even though this had become familiar to everyone else, this had become the norm, it did not mean it was right. Let's think about the world today. Just because we see things over and over again and they become the norm in our society does not mean they are right. Just because the world, even our government leaders, accept things because they've just been happening, it's just the way we evolved and it's all normal now, does not mean it's right. One small step back in our morals here, a couple sex changes there, and all of a sudden, we forget what we were built upon as a nation. Leaders start standing up for the wrong things, and the churches retreat. And all of a sudden, this world that was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ has fallen away from our biblical standards. And I don't usually get too political on things, but I'm going to a little bit today. <laughs> our world is messed up. The things that the world say is normal are not normal. 
It's normal now to be a foul-mouthed Christian. Everybody's laughing. I hear it. It's normal now for the, the same sex to love each other. Love is love. It's just normal now. Some people may be saying, why, why are you doing this, Rick? We're voting on you in four weeks. Well, because God calls me to preach the gospel, and I'm going to preach the gospel. So, it's normal now for a man to be allowed in a public bathroom with my daughter. That's what, I'm just telling you what the world says. It's normal now for the church to look more and more like the world. I don't want to let that happen at Orchardville Church. I know you guys don't either. <laughs> it's normal now for kids to pick their gender on their own. That's what the world says. It's normal now for pastors to promote their ego instead of the cross. Not all pastors, but they're out there. It's normal now for pastors to care more about the almighty dollar than the people of God's almighty church. What happened to the pastors that wanted to shepherd their flock? Now it's just about being in front of the camera and looking good. Again, not all. It's normal now for couples to live bef together before marriage just to try things out. It's actually normal now for teenagers to hook up and have sex and not even think about being married. It's normal. We see it all the time, so it's just become normal. It's normal now to murder babies. We just have to learn to accept it as Christians. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is now that the, the state wants to push these teaching standards for sex ed to kindergarten through fifth grade. It's just normal. Get used to it. I don't want to get used to it. Just because the government says it's normal, just because the world says it's normal, just because society says this is the way it is, does not mean that has to be that way. We have to stop sitting around and just letting it happen. And we do that, we sit around and let it happen by not being a praying church, by not being on our face seeking God and things, for not, for not going out and sharing the gospel with people that are blinded by what the devil is doing in the world. And I'm not, I'm not bashing anyone this morning. I love, I love. If you're mixed up in sin, I was mixed up in sin. I still sin. But I operate from a place of love that God poured into me because he forgives me of the things that I thought were normal or right. And he says, no, 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 no. This is my standards. This is what you line up with. And I forgive you for what you've done. And I offer that same forgiveness for anyone. Jesus, he offers it for anyone that's in here right now that you're mixed up in things that you shouldn't be mixed up in. He loves you. We love you as a church. And I'm the first one to tell you I've messed up. But as I grow up, 
you know, and experience things and do things. You know, I, I, it's been known that I had premarital sex myself as a teenager, made some bad decisions. But just because I did that does not mean I keep doing that and repeating the same sin just so it'll be of some kind of normalcy. I should never get to that. Where I'm just going to keep doing this because everybody else does and it's normal now. No. No. We as a nation have completely lost it. And it's high time we found our way back to the cross and to the feet of our Savior. We need to repent as a nation. We need to get back to our first love. We have gone so far astray. Even from the time I was a kid till now, it is crazy the things that are going on. We think if we see something enough, hopefully not us as a church, but we, we think if we see something enough, it's just normal. You know, I've, I've heard a saying, I'll pick on boys for a little bit. Boys will be boys. They just do those kind of things. No. Parents. Parent your son in the ways of God. And they don't have to be boys will be boys. They don't have to be like that. Again, we think if we see something enough, it's just normal. And in this passage, everyone there just assumed it was normal for the temple courts to look like this flea market. It was normal just to walk up and, and hear animals making noises and hear people yelling out exchange rates for money and the prices of animals. And as Jesus looks on, he knows that this is not normal. This is not what my father's house should look like. He wasn't right. And even though no one was doing anything about it, the high priest wasn't even doing anything about it, the government did nothing, even though no one was trying to change it, Jesus said in his mind that this is not right and I'm going to do something about it. As Christians, when we see things that are not right, we should rise up and say, I'm going to do something about it. You may not be able to change it, but at least you're not sitting back there doing nothing. So what did he do? As he looks on, he went. And he cleaned up the place. Verse 15. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. And then a lot of times when people read this passage, I've done it as I was growing up, uh, we like to bring this passage to life in our minds and think that Jesus just went off. Like he just, like hulked on, incredible hulk on him in there. And just started wiping it, wiping it out and clearing it all out. And that's where our mind goes when we read this. What was the first thing he did in verse 15? Did he blow up and just go in there and go all out? What's the first thing he did? He made a whip of cords. So that tells me he took a little bit of time before he went on down there. He didn't just fly off the handle. He had to sit down and put this whip together. 
He didn't lose his temper on the Temple Mount. It doesn't say he hit anyone with this whip. He saw what the temple of the Lord had turned into, knew it wasn't right, and he drove them out. You imagine if I did that as the pastor of the church? You're not here. You're not worshiping. Get out. There are some times you have to send people away. The key thing to take away from this scripture is not the violence of Jesus. And again, reading that, a lot of people jump right to that. It's the authority of Jesus. I know who I am. I know what I was sent here to do. I know who my father is. I'm going to take that authority now and I'm going to clean this place up. This is my father's house and I've come to set things right. He was saying, do you ever clean this place? And he found the answer to be no, so he took it upon himself and the authority he was given from his father to clean it up. Everyone that was in the temple courts doing the things that were contrary to keeping the place holy, you know what they were doing? By, by doing these, all these actions and making it like a flea market, how it was, you know what they were doing for all the visitors that were coming into the town? They were spoiling it for them. Anybody that was coming to visit the temple and maybe to worship in the outer courts there, because that's as far as they were going to get, according to those times, had it ruined. This is not a place of worshiping the Lord. This is a, this is a flea market. This is just a place to hang out. The place needed cleaned up. Have we been guilty of doing those same things here in Orchardville Church? Have we been guilty of coming in every single week and not worshiping, not praising, not being a house of prayer, not encouraging our brother and sister? And then when visitors come in, are, are we guilty of cheating them out of what God has for them based on our worship and our praise and the environment that we set in this place? Are we, are we here to show reverence and worship to our almighty God? Are we here to, to make it all about him? Are we here to point other people to Jesus that don't know him? Or do visitors come in and see things that are contrary to what God would have us doing here? You know, I don't want to ever, and again, we make mistakes, I don't want to ever wear the name of Jesus Christian across me and make that look bad. Because I wish this wasn't true, but a lot of times we're being judged the same way we might judge others. We're being judged by how real this faith thing is in us. Just how real is your God? And they're looking at us. They're watching us to see if we trip up. And I know we make mistakes, but a lot of times we make mistakes that we've already learned from that we shouldn't be doing anymore. But they're looking at us and waiting for us. See, see, I knew it wasn't that great. I knew it wasn't that all that was cracked up to be. They're watching us. I don't want to go through the motions. 
and not live out what we proclaim to be in this church. When you look at the first time we see Jesus perform a miracle in the Bible, it was turning the water into wine. And that was a conversion of something, right? That was a conversion of something. And then right after that miracle of conversion, we see him cleansing the temple. Let's put that in today. When we come to Jesus and we are saved, there is a conversion that takes place first. You don't have to be cleaned up before you come to Jesus. So there's a conversion that takes place, and now my old self is gone. I have an, I'm a new creation in Jesus, and now there's a cleansing that starts to happen in me, just like this temple. There's a sanctification process that we talked about a couple months ago that starts to happen in my life. I'm starting to change because of who is living inside of me now. And sometimes, this morning as I'm wrapping up here, we need to take a deep look into ourselves and see if we need a good cleaning. Everything gets dirty once in a while. And it needs a good cleaning. Do you ever clean this place? 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you are disqualified? And also 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. I love this scripture. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 20. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are now God's. We are now the temple where he dwells. We as a group of people at Orchardville Church are now the temple where the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus, lives in us now. We are that temple. So my question this morning to you is, do you ever clean this place? Are there things going on in your life right now that do not need to be happening? Do they need to be cleaned out? The worship team would come back up. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We have the living, breathing, powerful Spirit of God inside of us as Christians. And every once in a while, we get off track. And we forget that, that if I'm feeding myself on anything that's dirty of the world, I am making my temple dirty for where the Holy Spirit resides in me. If I read my word, if I study, if I pray, if I worship, if I surround myself with fellow believers and encourage each other in the Word of God, then I am 
keeping my temple clean? Do you ever clean this place? We are to be holy. We are to be set apart. We are to be different. So this morning, you may be sitting in here and you realize I missed it somewhere along the way. I've been missing. I've got kind of lazy. I've got kind of complacent. Instead of, instead of hungering after the word of God and reading it every day, I just, I just pick it up every now and then. That needs cleaning. You know, I used to, I used to have this passion and worship and this excitement, and I didn't care who watched me because I knew it was just him as my audience. And now I don't do that anymore. That needs cleaned. I used to be able to just share my faith and be bold about it to anyone, and I didn't care. But now I find myself kind of backing off because I don't want to offend anyone. That needs cleaned. So you guys will stand this morning. Do you ever clean this? And again, I'm the first to tell you, I need, I need that cleaning sometimes. I need that refreshing. let's pray this morning before we open the altars God we just thank you for who you are Lord you are powerful you are mighty you are great and God you can take all the dirtiness all the stuff inside of us that doesn't line up with your word that doesn't line up with who you are you can take that and you can clean it up for us and Father right now each one of us in here Lord if we know you as our savior then God, we are to be holy. We are to be set apart. We are to be clean and do our best in the sanctification process to, to be more and more like you. Father, if there's somebody here that doesn't know you this morning, I, Lord, I pray that they just have the boldness to step out or grab somebody by the hand and come forward this morning. And Lord, anybody that just needs a clean out, they just need to be cleaned out, God. I just pray that they would come this morning and spend some time with you. And Lord, whatever you need to do, whatever you need to take out, Father, as they surrender it, remove it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just praise you and I worship you. As we enter this time of prayer, God, let us seek your face. Let us be clean. In Jesus' name, amen. The altars are open. Let's worship together.